Blessed is the man who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers. But the man who delights in the law of the Lord and meditates on his law day and night, he is like a tree planted by streams of water yield its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does, prospers. habits. Now you enter the new year, maybe you're thinking about some of your habits that you need to change or adjust or incorporate into your life. And and I read a lot different stuff and I'm always reading, you know, and and basically, you know, there, there are certain patterns of life that are healthier than other patterns of life. And the scripture talks about that. Um, And the next slide, of course, you know, it says, uh, Feeding your soul, or what about those habits that are, are good for your, your soul? But of course, before we get there, like, I just have a few pictures here. Maybe you're feeling like this as you enter the new year. You're, you, you've, uh, you know, you, you're kind of, you know, you got the, you know, the shirt is getting a little tight, the, you know, the, the food, and you, you know, you haven't been living a healthy life. And you're like, I need to make some changes in my life. And maybe one of those changes is something like this. You need to eat better. Now, some of you don't even eat, eat any of this stuff that I've got on the picture here. But, but the truth is, uh, if you read anything, it's like, yeah, a healthy diet is, is part of a healthy life. You need to bring good stuff into your body in order for it to be healthy. Or maybe you need to do something like this. Uh, join a running club, right? It does not sound like fun, right? But you can tell... Running together, look at the girl in the front there. She's smiling, right? I mean, you can have fun doing that, you know? I mean, the other guys look like they're just in pain, you know, just, for, you know, but, but maybe you, you, you have decided, yeah, I'm going to do, I'm going to incorporate exercise into my life here in 2023. Maybe it's something like this, next one. Uh, this is a great healthy habit. Going out for coffee with friends. I'm going to take relational steps to build healthy relationships into my life this year. And maybe, maybe that, that's, and so th- those are just three examples on the physical realm. But I want to talk about the internal feeding of God's word that the scripture says. He says, here's a habit that can transform your life, that can bring to you stability, productivity, longevity. And, and Psalm 1 builds this case for this healthy habit of the soul. And so he talks about it in Psalm 1, verse 1, here it is. How blessed is the one who does not follow the advice of the wicked, stand in the pathway of sinners, or sit in the assembly of scoffers. And that word blessed could also be translated happy. Or perhaps it could be even translated, oh, the happiness. It's a plural noun. And the plural noun is intended to increase the intensity of the concept. Oh, the incredible happiness, the superlative happiness. And then he says, of the, of the things that, that, that you don't do to find happiness. Right? So, you know, I could have shown pictures of, of you know, a, 
a huge bar stocked with all sorts of liquor and say, you know, here's an unhealthy habit if you overindulge in this. I could have done, you know, done a, you know, a large buffet of deep fried food, which you know, we all like from time to time, but, but if that's your continual diet, you know that's not healthy. Um, we could sit and watch TV, binge watch Netflix on and on for hours and end, or, or sit on social media or, or on our phones, and, and we know that those aren't healthy habits. So, and he's saying, here are some negative healthy uh, habits that, that will interfere with your health, your spiritual health. He says, you want to find happiness and blessedness, the superlative, the, the supreme, you know, kind of God's will for your life. It's not found here. The first idea is the idea of walking in the counsel of the wicked. And you know, this is like when you go to a trade fair and you know, you're walking along and the guy or the girl from the booth comes out and starts walking beside you and say, hey, have you ever thought about, you know, maybe upgrading your furnace or, or buying this cool knife that will never break? Or, you know, you know here's, here's some exercise equipment that will really turn you into Arnold Schwarzenegger or, you know, some, you know, some you know, real buff person, you know, and, 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 you know, and they're walking beside you and they're trying to get you to stop. Maybe you've been, you know, in other places as a tourist and had vendors kind of come out and walk with you to try to get you to turn into their store. If you ever travel to the Holy Land, I mean, it's dangerous in Jerusalem because they just are waiting for you to show up with your, with your money and buy their trinkets and their crosses and their this and that, and, and they compete from quarter to quarter, and, and there's just this pressure. And this is the idea. You are surrounded in life by people who want to bring you into their way of life. The wicked is the, um, the most severe word in the Hebrew for a person that is, is walking away from God. It's the person who just has no regard whatsoever for anything God says. They don't believe that he's there. They don't believe that he cares. They believe that they can live their life, and there is no consequences for their life and their choices they make. And you and I are surrounded by people like this. They may be in our lives. They may be on the screens that we watch or the papers that we read. They are sending messages into our life all the time. And the psalmist here says, you're happy and you're blessed when you don't walk in the advice or the counsel of these people. But you are receiving messages and you are walking your life based on, on things you're hearing and things you're seeing. And the scripture says there's a different and a better way and a happier way to live your life than that. But you have to be aware of the fact that there are people around you trying to entice you to stop, to look, and to consider their approach to life. And the scripture says that's not the way to find happiness. He says, this person doesn't stand in the pathway of sinners. And the sinners are those who have missed the mark. You know, God has a standard. Here's the target. They're, 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 they're shooting off target. They're not quite, their, their lives are not lined up with what God says. He said, now, you've not, now you're not only walking. Now you've stopped and you're listening and you're no longer moving in a direction with God. You, 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 you've stopped your, your forward progression. You're standing in the pathway of sinners, you're listening to their offer. And he says, or sit in the assembly of the scoffers. And the scoffers are those that just make fun of God, make fun of 
his word. That, that, that's, oh, what a stupid idea. Who would even consider living like this? Ha, 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 ha. The media is full of scoffers. The academic elitism of, of those who publish and, and have, have educational you know, supremacy is full of scoffers. Many times they don't care what the truth is. I was just reading this article this week. It's a guy uh, from Australia, but he, he reviews, you know, scientific publications. You know the publications that, that modern media use to say, well, a study says, blah, blah, blah. And he said in 2016, 650 publications, published data had to be retracted because they were falsified. In one year. 650 of the highly educated people in our world produced stuff that was simply not true. And that's just the 650 they found. And so the, the Bible says, you know, this is not the way to find happiness. Walking with the wicked, standing with sinners, or sitting with the scoffers. Just because someone says, a study says you need to stop and say, okay, well, you know what? Like statistics and research can be manipulated and interpreted and, and twisted, and that is the reality. And you're like, well, how do I know what's true, what's right, what, you know, what, what, what actually helps? That's where we come to the answer here in Psalm 1. Because you see in verse 2 it says this. Instead, he finds pleasure in obeying the Lord's command. Or literally, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And he meditates on his commands day and night. So, so the virtuous life is not found by just not doing stuff. You actually have to intentionally develop a habit. And that habit is the delight of reading and living and embodying the truth of God's word in your life on a continual basis. You know how it is. All habits that make difference in your life are cumulative. Like maybe you're like me. Sometimes you're like, oh, I'm out of shape. So you go and you just give her for two, three hours. And the next day you're in pain. You can't get out of bed. And you're like, oh, I worked out for three hours. I should be good. And it doesn't work that way, right? Or, or you, you, know, you order salad once with your meal. And you're like, yeah, I'm healthy now, right? And then you're, you're ordering fries and poutine for the next you know, two months. And well, I had a salad back in January. I'm good, aren't I? You know, I, I drank a smoothie once. You know, and, no, 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 it's cumulative. You can have one good night of sleep, but then if you stay up too late and don't sleep for the next 10 days, you're not going to be healthy. I mean, healthy habits are cumulative. You need to exercise three times a week. You need to eat a well-balanced, nutritious diet every day. You need to read the scriptures every day. Now, the picture here, I mean, maybe you've seen this. this I got a picture here. This is the Western Wall, right? And, and the, the Jews will gather there. This is the men's portion. The women's portion will be kind of on, on the other side. And then you actually go in under, into a tunnel there. And, and, and they're actually reading the, the Torah, the law, and the prophets out loud. Blessed is the man who does not. You know, and they're singing in Hebrew, and they're reading, and they're reading. Because and, 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 this is an oral exercise. 
And we think, well, is this what he's talking about? You need to quit work and gather in spiritual places and, and recite the law out loud. And, and I mean, even I, I remember going into David's tomb and, and, and there was this little kid. He probably just finished his bar mitzvah. And there he is with his little, you know, his ultra-Orthodox Jew. And he's doing this thing. He's learned from his dad and his grandpa how to do this. And you're like, is this what he's talking about? I don't think this is what he's talking about. He's talking about you and me discovering the reality of God's word seeping into every part of our life. See, God understands you young mothers, right? You're like, Pastor Mike, if I, get, if I get 10 minutes of uninterrupted time in my day, like that's a blessing. I'm like, God, yeah, you know what? Read his Bible for 10 minutes. And then as you're changing diapers and as you're doing laundry and as you're washing dishes and cleaning up barf and doing everything that mothers do, you could be thinking about that, right? You're mulling over it. You men, I mean, you've read the word and then as you're on the job site or on the well site or doing this or that, you're driving from place to place. You're thinking about what you read that earlier that morning. And it seeps into your life. Like good, healthy nutrition will eventually Benefit your body, soul, a continual diet of the Word of God produces this happiness, this blessing. He meditates on it day and night. You're hearing God's message. Why? Because all around you, the other messages are not saying the same thing. And so you need to counterbalance that with the eternal truth of God's word. As that begins to seep in, it, it gives you peace. It gives you happiness. It gives you stability. It gives you longevity. It gives you productivity. Why? Because you see that in verse 3. It says there that he is like a tree planted by flowing streams. Now, you would understand this if you go to an arid place, uh, southern Alberta they will divert water from the Bull River system all the way into the eastern part of the province. Why? Because it's dry and arid there. But those canals bring life to the dry and barren land. If you, the Okanagan, if they were not irrigated, it would just be a de desert area. But they bring water up to those hills outside of Vernon and Kelowna and Penticton. And what happens? Peaches, cherries, vineyards. All this stuff grows. Why? Because it's, it's, it's fed. There's, a, there's this continual source of, of life-giving water. He says, these that read and, and soak in the Word of God are like this tree that continually receives this source of life from God. I got a picture here. The weeping willow. I love this. They have tons of these in Salmon Arm where I grew up, and I just love the weeping willow. I mean, it's just big and, and, and you know, fun. You can grab those branches and swing on them. And I once, you know, swung and, and you know, it broke, and I landed on my back. I knocked the wind out of me. And it's like, oh, you know, every kid has had that experience once or twice. But, the, you know, there it is. It's, it's like a life-giving. Like, like, to me, that, that's life because, you know, they, they find the water source, and they just go crazy. Our neighbor had one of these. And my dad would go and would knock that thing down to a nub. It would be 10 feet tall, nothing. And within a year or two, why? Because it's, it's got its roots deeply entrenched. Now, there's different words for, for planted, but the, the, the Hebrew is, is like this. It's like deeply rooted. It's a different word, which describes something that's incredibly stable. It's holding on. It's, it's deep. It's, it, it's entrenched. It's not going to fall over. 
It says in the second part of the verse, it yields its fruit at the proper time. Not only is there stability, but there's this productivity that comes with this healthy habit of reading scripture. You're, you're stable, but now you're, you're productive. You, you continually yield fruit. I've got a picture here, right? You know, you just, you just imagine, right? This is, this is the, the tree that just is full of, of apples. I mean, if there was no apples in that tree, you'd be like, oh, well, that tree's useless. Cut it down. But the person who has found this life-giving, you know, happiness and blessedness that comes from the word of God is this stable but also productive person. None of you wants to waste your life. I know that. All of us want to feel like our life will count for something. And the word of God says, if you learn to follow and walk in my truth and obey my truth, not only will you find stability, you'll find productivity. Your life will make a difference. And then it says there, and its leaves never fall off. Which is odd. Because if you know fruit trees, the leaves always fall off in the fall, right? So here we've got this fruit tree that's leaves never fall off. Isn't that interesting? It's not deciduous, it's coniferous, it's evergreen. It continually, continually has life. And God wants you to have that continuity, that longevity, where you just continually grow and blossom. And this is the beauty of the spiritual life. Because the physical world isn't that way. No matter how hard we try and the billions of dollars we spend, no one can stop the process of aging and slowing down. And the geriatric you know, reality that we're all moving towards, like, you can't stop that. You can fill your face with Botox and replace joints and do all that, but we all end up in the same place, right? but not the spiritual life. The older you get, the more decrepit you become. The spiritual life keeps going up. Why? Because you are entrenched and, and rooted in this healthy habit of God's word. It's a beautiful picture because uh, then it changes your whole outlook on life. It's like, I'm getting old, I'm getting wrinkly, uh, you know, things aren't working. Who cares? Because why? I'm growing closer to the Lord. And, and wow, I've got productivity, I've got stability, I've got longevity. And he summarizes there at the end of the verse. Uh, it says, he succeeds in everything he attempts. Everything he attempts. It just produces this healthiness. Billy Graham told a story in his one book about this um, missionary in Japan. The Chinese came in, it was during the war there, and threw all the foreigners into these you know, camps, and they were not allowed to have the Bible. If you were found with the Bible, you would be killed. And this missionary, someone had smuggled in the Gospel of John for her. And so she, um, she would every night go into her bed with a flashlight and, and read and memorize a verse or two. And then once she had a whole page memorized, she would take that page to the sink and, and with water and soap, make it dissolve and you know, flush it down the drain. And, and, and so over a period of time, she memorized the whole Gospel of John. And then she got rid of that thing so she wouldn't be caught with it, right? And, and as... They liberated the camp, and all the prisoners come out emaciated and, you know, looking down. This girl comes out with, like, her head, like, bouncing up. And, 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 and one of the, you know, the reporters are there kind of reporting on this incident. And they're like, man, I wonder if the Chinese brainwashed her, you know. And, and, and one of the time reporters who had, who, had seen, who had interviewed her earlier says, no, 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 God washed her brain. 
she had learned and, and, and absorbed God's word, and that had sustained her through that difficult time. He succeeds in everything he attempts. Because if you read the word of God, you will find a different standard of success than the world offers you. The success of a life lived for God's glory. Where it doesn't really matter what size of house you live in, how big your bank account is, how many degrees you've got hanging on your wall, etc., etc., etc. There's a whole different standard of measurement for success that God's word offers you. And the person that has continually fed their soul from a diet of this discovers this success. And he contrasts it in verse 4 with those who, who don't go this way. So not so the wicked. The people that disregard God have no fear of God. That's often how the wicked are described in Psalms and Proverbs. They, they have no regard. They don't recognize. They don't acknowledge that he exists or that he over, rules over the world. He says, but you know, their life is just that chaff, that dust that, that goes away in, into the wind. And I got a picture here. This is the, a picture of kind of the, the old idea of winnowing. They would throw the grain up and the, and the dust kind of hits in, in the wind and, and flows away. Now you understand in these days, Nothing went to waste. If there was anything useful in anything, they made sure they took advantage of it. Some of you have traveled, you understand that, right? You can go places and buy tripe. Tripe tacos, you know, like what's tripe? It's intestines, right? They've cleaned the intestines out, they've fried them up, and they put them into a dish, and you eat it. Um, other places, you know, eat things like blood pudding and all blah, you know, you know, kind of gross stuff, but they, nothing goes to waste. But in the Bible times, he said, there was one thing that there was no usefulness for. Well, that was the chaff. Just let, it, let the wind carry it away. Get it out of here. It just, it's, it's so transient. In the Hebrew Bible, the uh, chaff is always used figuratively as a symbol of unsubstantiability and impermanence. There's nothing substantive about it. That's what the wicked are like. Their life comes and goes and just fades into the wind. Is that how you want to go out in life? You're here and then you're gone. Or would you like to think that maybe there is a greater purpose for my life and God says, there is a greater purpose for your life. But you find that in me, not in your own searching. Your life can make a difference, can be productive, can be stable, can be, have longevity, but it needs to be grounded in me. And he ends the, the psalm in verse 5 and 6 with this, these thoughts of, for this reason the wicked cannot withstand judgment, nor can sinners join the assembly of the godly. They're talking, of course, now, as we get to, sorry, verse 5 and 6, you know, this is the end summary. There is this place now, at the beginning, it's this one person against these groups of people. It's that man or that person, that one who, who doesn't follow the advice of this group of wicked people or this group of sinners or this group of mockers. And now, suddenly, the righteous person has found company and, and, and there's this assembly of the righteous or the godly there. But wicked people don't get to be a part of that, don't benefit from that. They walk in their own counsel and, and, and their own emptiness of life. But, but, but those who discover the truth of God's word and walk in his ways and, and a relationship with him. And so finally, at the end of verse 5, the righteous are finally mentioned directly. 
they would call that um, kind of po poetic, you know, um, you know they're, they're waiting. You know, it's a, it's a poetic default. It's going to come later, and finally we're like, oh, yeah, there's the righteous. And he says in verse 6, Certainly the Lord guards the way of the godly, but the way of the wicked ends in destruction. That word guard is actually the, literally the word knows. It is a word from the ancient Near East where you would have a suzerain, you know, vassal treaty, kind of, kind of like, you know, like a, a, a noble who, who has the, these peons that are working for him or are subject to him. And in the ancient Near East, you, you would have this agreement and you would sign it up. Yes, I will be your, your, your monarch and you will be, you know, my, my servant or, you know, my, my loyal subject. And if you went into such an agreement, the monarch was obligated to guard and protect the vassal, the person who had entered into this relationship with them. And then that way they would know them, and in knowing them, they would guard them and protect them. So if some you know, marauding tribe would come and try to steal their sheep, they would just call out to the monarch, hey, we're getting attacked, and he'd send his troops down there, boom, 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 boom. So it's like the Lord guards the way of the godly. He looks over it and sees and understands and, and protects and preserves. But if you do not have the Lord, you don't have that protection. And the end of your life is destruction. Uh, literally, the, the word is perish. So the psalm begins with this idea of, of happiness and blessing. And it ends with the opposite contrast of, of destruction and perishing. And the difference is this. One person had discovered the blessing of the word of God and the truth of God and being in a relationship with God. A daily relationships that permeates and, 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 and incorporates into every part of your life. So I'm speaking to some of you, a message you've heard many times, but, but we need to be continually reminded of these things because we forget sometimes. Some of you do read your Bible every day, and I'm just saying, this year, I'm encouraging you to take it up a notch. Maybe you read the daily bread every, every day, and that's good. But now God's saying, now, now would, you, would you take it up a notch? Let, let's read a little more. Let, let's get a little, little deeper into this. I mean, I've studied Psalm 1 probably 20 times, and even this week I discovered things I had never seen before. Because we're kind of slow to learn, aren't we? And God wants to permeate your life with his word. If you don't read the Bible every day, that's your starting point. There is no excuse for anyone in this room or watching online to not read the Bible every day. God invites you to this healthy habit of feeding your soul, of discovering him. And what the result is, is kind of this. I got this picture here. Um, this is the oasis in the desert. And it's a heart shape. Isn't that kind of cool, right? But this is your life. You're surrounded by dryness all around. But when you find the life-giving source of, of truth in God's word, it feeds you. And even though it might be dry all around you, you have this internal resource. And when you take the word of God in, you're giving the Holy Spirit some ammunition in your life where he can begin to move that, that, that truth from your head into your heart, into your hands. If you're not giving the Holy Spirit any ammunition, he can't do that work in your life. God invites you, but he can't force you or, or coerce you or, you know, headlock you or, you know, armbar, you know, come on, you know. But he says, come on and drink. Or we just choose to live in the desert. 
And you don't thrive in the desert. You thrive when you discover the oasis of God's word. The way, it says, of the wicked ends in destruction, but God guards the way of the godly. And that's this idea of destiny. God has this beautiful destiny for your life, but it comes when you discover the truth of his word. Here's a few verses that talk about this. Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp to walk by and a light to illumine my path. You're like, man, sometimes life seems so dark and bleak. I don't know where to go. And he's like, you know, the, your word gives me direction and illumination. In 2 Timothy 3.16, it says, every scripture is inspired by God and useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the person dedicated to God, oh, sorry, may be capable of every good work. That's verse 17. But it's useful. It's profitable for all those things. And you know, some of those are positive. Some of those are like reproof. Yeah, you know, sometimes God gives you a little snack, snack, you know, through his word. He's like, wake up. Listen, take note. In Hebrews 4.12, it says, The word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, piercing even to the point of dividing soul from spirit, joints from marrow. It's able to judge the desires and thoughts of the hearts. It just gives us this catharitic value of, of, of illumination and saying, okay, where, where do I need to realign my life and my, and my thoughts and my, my perspective and my actions? He's not inviting you just to become a, a, an academic with his word. He's inviting you to discover this journey of relationship with him where his word is advising you and impacting you in every portion of your life. The way you think about things, the way you evaluate life, it will change you from the inside but you can't just like go home and, and read, you know, the whole New Testament. Yeah, I've done it. I'm good. It's, it's daily. It's incremental. It's, it's cumulative. D.L. Moody said this. I have a quote, couple quotes here. I never saw a useful Christian who was not a student of the Bible. This was an evangelist from the last century. Never saw a useful Christian who was not a student of the Bible. And Billy Graham said this. If you are ignorant of God's word, you will always be ignorant of God's word. It is the unerring compass in our life. And you and I need direction. But if you don't get it here, you're going to get it somewhere else. There is a polarity that comes out in this psalm. You're either following God's word or you're following something else. There's not this like neutral, like, well, I'm just kind of in and out and, and sometimes here, sometimes. It's like either you're with me or you're not. Jesus would say the same thing. You're with me or you're not. There's not this sort of like, you know, I'm living in Switzerland, I'm kind of neutral, I don't really, you know. No, no, you're either with God or you're not. And God says, the way to be with me is to discover the reality of a healthy habit of reading God's Word. The next step to reading God's Word is to actually getting together in community and reading God's Word and, and talking about it together. Uh, often, my wife and I have those conversations about what we're reading, what we're studying, what we're teaching, and and that's really valuable for my soul and even for our relationship to, to have those discussions. And, and that's the next step. Maybe some of you need to enter into that type of dialogue this year. Where you're not just living in, in a solo Bible time, you know, in your own capsule, but now you've invited other people in. I mean, when we did the, the forged, me and the men would sit and, and basically what we would do is we'd open our Bibles and we would read and we would talk about it. It was valuable. A healthy habit. 
So I'm inviting you to, to take that step with me. To move up and out a new life in Jesus Christ by incorporating the Word of God. And if you're already doing that, you say, okay, well, how am I going to step this up this year? How am I going to, am I going to take my, my, you know, my, my own relationship with God to the next level as I study His Word? Because this is the problem. We watch videos or we listen to podcasts, which is okay, but that's not what the Scriptures prescribe for us. We're, we're Protestants, people. We don't believe we need mediators. We have Christ as our mediator, and then we have the Holy Spirit given to us so we can look at the Word of God and receive it and learn from it directly without having someone else to tell us what it means. If only you're feeding yourself on YouTube, you're not getting it. You need to find it in your own study. Because God wants to speak to your heart directly, and not just through some guy. And they may be good teachers. God, we don't need those. You have the Word of God and the Holy Spirit, and you can learn on your own. That's a secondary learning source, but you need to find the primary learning source, God's Word. Preferably not on your phone. That's good when you're waiting in, you know, in a waiting room or on a plane or in an airport or something, but you need to put that in. Why? Because you do everything else on your phone. Put that aside and just get a hard copy paper Bible and read the pages and let God speak to you. Discover him like you haven't discovered him yet. He invites you to do that. Team, would you come up and lead us in the, in the closing song? And uh, I have on the welcome desk there is a little reading guide. If you, if you want to read through the Bible in a year, there's nothing excessively spiritual about that. Like, I read cover to cover. Like, it's good to do that once in your life, but that doesn't mean you're a more spiritual person. It is important to read the Bible and, and to read it consistently. You don't have to read it from Genesis to Revelation in order to receive a special blessing. You should try that once in your life, but I'm just saying feed your soul daily. Start with small sections and let it grow bigger. Start with books you understand and then add the other books, but just keep feeding your soul from God's Word. But if you want a reading guide that dictates you through the Bible in a year, there's one on the, on the welcome desk there, but I just encourage you to start that habit consistently develop that habit. It takes six weeks to develop a habit. So, so start now and, and maybe find someone in this room that's, or, or that you know and say, hey, would you ask me next week how I'm doing this? W would you commit with me to, to doing this on a, on a day? You know, let's, let's ask each other every week, how, how was your Bible reading last week? And, and, and if you miss a day, God's not going to blast you from heaven, but, but he wants you to learn from him. Team, lead us in a song and then we'll, we'll close in prayer. May your word not return void, but may it accomplish that for which you desire it. Transform us, Lord. Make us into the people you want us to be as we develop and grow in this habit of daily hearing, communicating with you through your word. And so bless your people this week. And may we truly apply your word. May it find effect in our hands, in our hearts, in our heads. This week, we pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Everybody said, amen. God bless you.